بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور مهدثاتها وكل مهدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to keep us safe from all misguidance and always to keep us on the path of guidance that leads to his rida, to his pleasure. Because at the end of the race, the race called life, when we stand before him, Jalla Jalaluhu, to be judged, we will succeed or fail only on one basis. Every single one of us. Every human being who ever lived and who will ever live on this planet will be judged and will, and will win or lose on one basis alone. And that is, did he or she please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If they pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they win. If they did not please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they lose. It is actually that simple. Last week before we spoke about writing down our purpose in life. Why do we exist? Why do we exist? And as I told you, a connected question with that is what will be lost when I am no longer here? And I'm not talking about only somebody say, oh, my friend died. No. What will actually be materially lost for your constituents, whoever is in your purview of influence, what will actually be lost for them? Now keep that, as I told you, write it down, write this purpose statement down. And then keeping that in front of you, ask yourself, what are the three things that I need to do in order of priority to go forward? What are the three things that I need to do in order of priority to go forward? Then focus on the first thing in your list. Complete it and go to the next. If you get interrupted, come back and complete that. Never skip a task on that priority list, no matter what the reason is. Eliminate the reasons that take you away from your priorities. Focus is the art of ignoring fluff. Multitasking is a scam. 
Multitasking is another word for distraction. When you focus on one thing, it means that you consciously, deliberately ignore everything else. Go to YouTube and watch videos of leopards and lions hunting and you will understand the meaning of focus. Leopards and lions learn that early because without that they would starve. Humans discover the problem with not having concentration when at the end of their lives they look back and see all that they could have achieved if only. If only. The saddest phrase in any language is if only. Believe me, you don't want to go there. And right now, it is in my hands and it is in your hands. For each one of us, it is in our hands. So learn to concentrate. That is the secret of success in every single thing in life. Winners concentrate on one task until it is completed. Losers are butterflies flitting from flower to flower until they die, leaving nothing behind. The difference between winners and losers is concentration. If you have the concentration of a monkey, life will only give you peanuts. Thanks to the internet and our gadgets, we forget that only the means of accessing information have multiplied and changed. The law of learning does not change. It is like the law of gravity, for example. It's a fundamental law. It never changes. The law of learning is that learning is a factor of sincerity, concentration and perseverance. Let me repeat that. Learning is a consequence of sincerity, concentration and perseverance. Of ikhlas, of khushu and of istiqamat, perseverance. No matter what the means you use to access the information, it turns into knowledge only after deep reflection, thoughtful practice and conceptualizing the lessons. We fool ourselves. I have read this book, I have read that book, I am alim because I went to a madrasa for six years. If you had six years of education, you are not even a middle school student. Forget about being an alim. We fool ourselves. The information turns into knowledge only after deep reflection, thoughtful practice and conceptualizing the lessons. Then when it is applied over time, a long time usually, and the lessons are constantly learned and relearned and relearned, it flowers into wisdom. We confuse information with knowledge. We think it is knowledge. It's not knowledge. It's only information. It's only words. It's only words. We confuse information with knowledge and we do not even think about wisdom. And that is why we make the same mistakes over and over and we suffer needlessly. Forget gadgets and develop concentration. The world's number one YouTuber, Jimmy Donaldson, he's called Mr. Beast. 
he makes stunt videos his videos are usually 10 minutes right all those who want to who, who to keep telling me keep your khatira 10 minutes his videos are 10 minutes at the fifth minute i couldn't take it anymore so i stopped this one which i watched was a shot there were different shots of a train running through a brick wall and another one is a shot of a car uh, no a train going through six tractor trailers and then there was a shot of a junk car being dropped into a tank full of foam pellets and then a remote controlled car trying to leap over six school buses it went into the fifth one and all the while with mr beast screaming into the mic and telling those who are perhaps blind what is happening because you can see what is happening now all this i'm sure is very amusing for a two or three year old person but since i am several decades away from the time when i was two or three i couldn't take it so i left however mr beast has 112 million followers who help him to make 30 million dollars a year granted that he gives a lot of their money to his charities but i am speaking of the value of time for the viewers who watch those videos he can do that he can make that money because he is not like his followers he makes the videos which needs intense concentration focus on quality ruthless discipline and the ability to stay in the game to the end he makes the videos for people whose attention span is equal to that of goldfish or monkeys without their willingness to donate their lives to his videos what is life life is time if nobody watched there would be no videos there would be no money for mr beast he would be a poor man so thank god for slaves and slavish minds same thing for tiktok shorts remember my brothers and sisters you are on the wrong side of the screen please understand that you are on the wrong side of the screen if you're watching it you are on the wrong side of the screen on this side you help others to succeed you help others to make money if you want to succeed and i mean really succeed not just talk about success then you need to get behind the screen and do something which is really worthwhile something memorable something which adds value whether it's video or not is not the point the point is do something which is worth your time your life after you watch i'm suggesting go watch a mr beast video right and then ask yourself i've finished the whole thing right no i mean if if it's not if it's not painful if you are actually interested you know what you know you know what you should do right start eating peanuts and and bananas at the end of that ask yourself what did i gain seriously write down sit with a piece of paper and say what did i gain and then watch a lecture by professor roy casagandra roy casagranda is the president and founder of austin school according to me the man is a genius he's a walking encyclopedia of human history he's a brilliant speaker he's a political scientist 
an analyst with courage to say what needs to be said, not only what is popular. And his lectures average 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Because he's not talking to monkeys and goldfish. He's talking to human beings. Hopefully who are interested in developing themselves. And then at the end of that lecture, ask yourself, what did I gain? What did I gain? Omar and I have a plan to go and to Austin to actually go sit physically and listen to that video, inshallah. And then, after you've written down what you gained, ask yourself, how many followers does he have? How much money does he make? And that, my brothers and sisters, will define this world and this society for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned concentration in salah. The only thing Allah did not say, the mu'minin are those who do rafayadain, or who, who, who pray with a topi, uh, you know, head covering or no head covering, or who wave their finger in tashahud. Did Allah say any of this? These are the ones, these are the issues we fight about, right? What did Allah say? What did Allah subhanahu wa say? Allah said, Alladina hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. Khalas. That's it. Alladina hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. These are the people who have concentration. They have khushu, which is an outcome of concentration. You cannot have khushu if you don't have concentration. Simple as that. Khushu is the result. Concentration is how you get khushu. Ignoring distractions, internal distractions, external distractions, focusing exclusively on Allah Jalla Jalaluhu. Today we live in times where a lack of concentration has been made into a virtue. We are not even ashamed of it anymore. We, we think this is how it should be. Teachers and mentors, even parents are told that their children listen in 30 second town bite, uh, sound bites. You should ask them whose children? Human children or monkey children? The reality is that concentration like muscles builds over time. If you raise your children to listen in 30 second sound bites, that is what you're going to get. Stop for a moment. All those who are so convinced, right? That the youth cannot, you know, you can't talk to them for oh, only 30 seconds. Ask a simple question. How come the same children who you claim cannot listen to anything beneficial and potentially life-changing for more than 10 minutes or 10 seconds or whatever it is? How is it that they are able to sit glued to their TV screen watching FIFA or World Cup or 2020 IPL cricket if they are Indian and Pakistani or Super Bowl or whatever? Whatever is their favorite drug? For hours at a time, any time of the day or night. Same kids, right? How? So is it about their ability to concentrate? Or their willingness to concentrate? Their willingness happens because that is what you are teaching them. Ability is given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Willingness is because of what you are teaching them. This is the importance that you are giving to deen. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and his word. To Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and his teachings. This is what you are teaching them. 
consciously or unconsciously because children listen with their eyes not with their ears they don't care what you say until they see what you do if we see value we can concentrate so ask yourself what do we see value in for which we are willing to pay with the only non renewable resource that we have which is time also known as life because when our time runs out we die ask yourself when you watch this thing what are you really seeing here let me tell you what you are seeing you are seeing the creation of slaves who will believe anything who are highly manipulable by those who can concentrate to fulfill their own goals at the expense of the slaves slavishness is a mentality it's a state of mind the cure for that is to have a mind which is filled with beneficial knowledge you cannot refute something if you have nothing to 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 base it on or nothing to compare it with so ask yourself if this is what you want for yourselves and your children if not do something about it remember the chains are in the mind the cure is to decide what is good for you and learn to do it remembering that every single thing new without exception is painful at first so develop a gain mindset and ask yourself after every transaction everything that you spend time on what did i gain from this what did i learn believe me my brothers and sisters it will completely and totally change your life forget sacrifice forget the word delete the word from your memory from your mind from your vocabulary sacrifice qurbani doesn't exist the only sacrifice is what the tandoori chicken did for you everything else is investment everything we do is a potential investment in our own life and you know the benefit of thinking investment because then you will think roi return on investment i made this investment what did i get sacrifice is net loss you're not even looking for gain but the moment you start thinking investment you say what is the gain and you come to a transaction i spend this time i spend this money i spend this company or this person i gain nothing what do you do who away negative investment what must you do throw good money after bad no leave it move away and invest something else invest in somebody else invest in some other activity samajh mein aaya kuch you understand something aqulu qawli hadha astaghfirullahi li wa lakum wa li sa'ir almuslimin fastaghfiru innahu huwal ghafurur rahim الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا كما امر ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله قال تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا صلو علیہ وسلم تسلیمہ اللہم صلی علی سیدنا محمد وعلی آل محمد کما صلیتا علی ابراہیم وعلی آل ابراہیم انکا حمید مجید اللہم بارک علی محمد وعلی آل محمد کما بارکتا علی ابراہیم وعلی آل ابراہیم انکا حمید مجید So the first most important thing is concentration and understanding that everything we do in life is investment. The second most important thing is to develop a problem-solving mindset. Decide if you want to be a master or victim. When faced with any challenge, see what is in your control and do it. Don't get stuck with what you can't control. People sometimes look at the misery that surrounds us and they ask, Why doesn't God do something? Somebody asked me this question the other day. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do something about all the sick and the dying and the starving people? The answer is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already did something and that is He made you. He created you. And He gave you the means to feed at least one hungry person. Pay for the education of at least one child. Pay the hospital bill of one sick person or whatever. So if you can't feed 100 people, feed one. If you can't build a school, pay for the fee of one child to go to school. It's a common cop-out strategy to blame the external world, in this case Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for all the suffering that we see around us. We globalize the problem and then we justify the inaction by saying, after all, what can I do? I'm only one person. What difference can I make? On the other hand, masters localize the global problem and they ask, What can I do to make a difference? Those who are serious about wanting to help, they don't blame others. They don't complain. They ask themselves, what can I do in this situation? And that is what Islam teaches us. To do something. Not simply to complain. Because problems need solutions. They don't need complaints. In the life of every man and woman, comes a time when a window opens. And they have a unique opportunity to make an impact and influence others. To succeed, we need to anticipate and prepare and act with courage when our window opens. We need to prepare, to anticipate, to prepare and to act with courage when our window opens. If you are listening to this, it means your window is open now. The question is, what do you want to do? Do you have a plan? And that, on that, will depend your success in this world and the next. My brothers and sisters, life is about making choices. The choice to be a victim of circumstances and complain or a choice to do something about circumstances and be their master. We are free to make this choice, no matter who we are, what situation, what position. Everybody's got this choice. To be a victim or to be a master. But the choices, each has a different payoff in terms of its consequences. Both the choices are subject to the same givens of society, the environment, the organization, policies, people, laws, and so on and so forth. But they have very different implications in terms of our development and happiness. It is one of the fallacies that people assume that freedom of choice means that the choice is free of consequences. This is a myth. And like all myths, it is a fantasy. 
We have the freedom to choose, but every choice has a price tag. Foolish people make choices without first finding out the price and then they are surprised and shocked and depressed and disappointed when it comes to paying for their choice. Victims are people who complain about adversity and hardship and suffering or oppression. They think of excuses, they blame others, they lose hope and perish. Victims can be individuals, they can be groups, they can be communities, they can be nations. The victim's stance is the same, complain and blame someone else. When victims find themselves in difficulties, they look around for scapegoats, for someone to blame. They invent conspiracy theories. They like, to they like to live with a siege mentality. They try to tell everyone that the only reason they cannot succeed and they are in this mess is because everyone else in the world is out to get them. They don't stop to think that no matter who they blame, their problems are still there. And that it is they and not whoever they blame that is suffering. So if this applies to you, wake up now. Masters, on the other hand, are people who, when faced with difficulty and adversity, they first look at themselves to see how and why they came to be in that situation. They own their responsibility and they look for solutions to resolve the, resolve the problem. They have the courage to try new ways and so they win no matter what they do. Masters recognize that whatever happens to us is at least in part, if not wholly, a result of the choices that we made, consciously or unconsciously. The result of what we chose to do or chose not to do. This is powerful because if we recognize that we created the situation, then it follows logically that we can create the solution for that situation. The characteristic of masters is that even when they may be temporarily hurting, they quickly ask themselves the key question. Okay, so now what can I do in this situation? And that question is the key to taking a masterful stance in life. And this is a tremendously empowering mindset which frees a person from the shackles of self-limiting barriers. A master never says, I can't do this. He or she says, I don't know if I can. And that is the truth. I can't do this is a lie. I don't know if I can is the truth. And between the two is a world of difference. So ask yourself this question. In terms of the challenges that I face today, what do I need to do if I want to be a master and not a victim? What is the investment that I need to make in myself to succeed? Please remember, free fall and flight feel the same in the beginning. But it is the end which spells the difference between life and death. Ignoring the law of gravity does not change the result. Similarly, in our life, in our race to succeed, we may well be tempted to ignore the laws of gain. That gain is directly proportionate to contribution. We may be tempted to buy the line that we can just grab and run, whatever we can grab and run with, no matter the consequences to others. Just as the one in free fall may thumb his nose at the one who's flying, even claiming that he is flying faster than the flyer, and obviously he is because he is aided by gravity, 
which is sucking him down to the earth at 32 feet per second per second. It's not the speed that matters. It is the direction of light and the way it ends. Compassion, concern for others, a service focus, measuring contribution in the same way that we measure profit, the willingness to do what it takes to deliver the best possible quality, not because someone is watching, but because we consider the quality of output to be our signature and a reflection of our identity. All of these are real pathways to wealth and influence and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rida, to his pleasure. The critical difference is that prosperity that comes in these ways is sustainable. It's long-lasting and it spread good, spreads goodness all around us. Prosperity that is sought without regard to those who share the world with us, people and animals and environment, without regard to values and ethics and morals, with a sole criterion being the amount of money that can be made, is short-lived, has a high cost and spreads misery all around, including for the one who is chasing it. I want to close by reminding myself and you that we live in an intensely connected world. And the sooner we realize that and start taking care of the connections, and the primary connection is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the better off we are likely to be. We have seen graphically the result of the opposite, the blind pursuit of profit. That is the single most fundamental reason for the state of the world as it is. I want to end with, the, I want to end with, my, with a quote from my very good friend, Professor Madhukar Shukla from XLRI Jamshedpur, who said, growth for the sake of growth is the philosophy of the cancer cell. He said, growth for the sake of growth is the philosophy of the cancer cell. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalalu to be pleased with all of you and never to be displeased. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to do that which pleases Him and to save us from that which does not please Him. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to understand that success is only and only whether, it, whether we pleased Allah or not. Nothing else. I request you to make dua we have to be to for three people. Dr. Rada Ammar. Brother, Meh- Brother Medhat Yusuf and our dear brother and son Hudayfa Abbasi. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shifa kamila wa ajila, complete and total shifa, complete and total um, cure from whatever ails them. And when we make this dua, let us do this with complete and total belief, yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the power to do what we are requesting him to do. Don't get caught up with doctors said this and so and so. No, the doctors are telling you what they know. The, the diagnosis does not deny the khudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we, li- we look at the khudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at his power, at his mercy. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure them completely and totally. I also want you to make dua for another good friend of ours. Her name is Carol Smith and she is the Christian minister. She's a 
friend of our dear friend, uh, Reverend Patrick McMahon, who's here with us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she's going in for spinal surgery. We are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure her completely, keep her free from pain and fill her heart with his noor and with his glory and his majesty. As also our brother and friend, Reverend Patrick, Reverend Patrick McMahon. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them and draw them to him. So they recognize him and they glorify him as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right is that he should be recognized and glorified. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffirana sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'ala burar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunana min al-khasirin. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina azab al-nar. Amin ya rabbal alameen. Ya ibadallah, rahimakum Allah. إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحان الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أخي مسلم